Hello, I'm Chris Kreitcho, and this is New Rust Station, a show about the Rust programming language and the people who use it. This is Crates You Should Know, the WASM tools. WASM, that is WebAssembly. Let's start with a little background on WebAssembly, or WASM, or WASM, or however we're going to say that. I'll be saying it WASM. I've mentioned WebAssembly in a number of contexts on the show before, but we haven't dug into the details at all until today. WebAssembly is the direct descendant of a research effort called ASM.js. ASM.js was an attempt to specify a subset of JavaScript that would serve as a compile target for C or C++, and the goal there was to allow games to run in web browsers. That goal actually succeeded. You could use ASM.js as a target and run games in web browsers. The aims of, and therefore the possible uses for WebAssembly, are a lot broader than just games, though. WebAssembly can be used for all sorts of performance-intensive applications, running as a complement to, not necessarily a replacement for, JavaScript in the browser, and potentially outside the browser too, though we won't be getting into that today. So let's talk about WebAssembly in a technical sense. WebAssembly is a binary instruction format for a stack-based virtual machine. Because WebAssembly is a low-level binary format, it can in principle run at native speeds. In principle, because of course it does depend on the context it's running in. This low-level format serves as a compile target for higher-level languages, where for today at least, by higher level I mostly mean C++ or Rust rather than Ruby or Elm. I say for today because that is likely to change over the next two to five years. WebAssembly can be run in all modern web browsers, and it can actually be implemented in existing JavaScript VMs. It is, however, not limited to running in browsers or JavaScript VMs, and you won't see native performance if it's implemented in an existing VM rather than having its own dedicated runtime environment. It's worth reiterating, the browser is just the first and currently most popular deployment target. So while we're not going to dig into the details of how this works today, there is research out there, and I'll link it in the show notes, on running WebAssembly as kernel code, normal ring zero kernel code with no browser, no JavaScript anywhere to be seen. And there are possibly real long-term benefits to doing exactly this. I'm not going to get into them, but it's a very interesting space and you should watch it. For our purposes, I want to go ahead and step back and unpack that description a little bit before we start talking about the crates we can use with WebAssembly today. WASM or WASM is a binary instruction format, and this is basically the same as other kinds of assembly languages, which are instruction formats as well. WASM is a binary format for speed reasons. There's no parse the string into the actual instruction step required. There is a human-readable format, called, somewhat hilariously, WAT, W-A-T, for WebAssembly text format, which is handy for understanding the output of your compiled code. WASM is designed for a stack-based virtual machine. There are a wide variety of kinds of virtual machines in the world, and most of them you're likely to be familiar with, uh, those in Java, C Sharp, Python, Ruby, JavaScript itself, etc., have both a stack and a heap along with garbage collection. The Wasm virtual machine does not have a heap, and it does not have garbage collection. And this has a lot of implications for the programming model. I'm not going to dig too deeply into those today. It's enough to bear in mind that when you're building things for WebAssembly, you have a stack, you don't have a traditional heap. 
that's important when you're building data structures and when you're thinking about the memory characteristics of whatever it is you're building. It is important that I note here that WebAssembly does have an explicit goal of being a viable compile target for languages which do have VMs in the future. The initial choice was to target languages with low-level memory models. C, C++, and Rust are the major source languages which target WebAssembly today. But there are early experiments happening in other languages. The trick is that you can ship fairly large-scale real-world application of C or C++ or Rust to WebAssembly today. That kind of large-scale real-world applications for other languages is probably at least a year away, maybe more. And this is new Rust Station. We're here for the Rust side anyway. So let's talk about how you go ahead and target Wasm with Rust. It's surprisingly not that hard. And this has gotten much better even over just the last six months. The first thing you do is add the target to your compiler toolchain so that you can compile to WebAssembly at all. You run Rust up target add Wasm32 unknown unknown hyphen hyphen toolchain nightly. The name of the target triple, Wasm32 unknown unknown, tells us that we don't know the architecture or the operating system we're running against. We just know the instruction set to use, and that instruction set is Wasm instead of, say, i686 or x8664 or something like that. Once we've added the target to our toolchain, we can manually run the compiler with the Wasm32 unknown unknown target specified, and then we'll see output in target slash Wasm32 unknown unknown. And that output will have a dot Wasm extension instead of the usual binary extension. Then we need to find a way to pull that dot Wasm file into our existing JavaScript environment, and we'd need to add the right host bindings for it. Basically an FFI interface. In other words, we'll need to write some JavaScript by hand to get everything doing exactly what we want so we can actually use this WebAssembly code. So, cool, we can build some Wasm, but we're going to have to do a lot of manual work. This isn't all that useful to us. Well, we can get some help from the crates ecosystem to be very productive very quickly with it. And that takes us into the actual crates we should know bits for dealing with WebAssembly. The first crate you should know is Wasm BindGen. If you've heard of the bindgen tool, this is like that, but for Wasm. If you haven't heard of the bindgen tool, it's pretty much the C and C++ equivalent of what I'm about to describe for JavaScript. So WebAssembly itself only supports a very limited set of types, basically short and long integers and short and long floating point numbers. And the other types in the language are functions or layouts, which can deal with short and long integers and short and long floating point values. But of course, in both Rust and JavaScript, we're essentially always dealing with types which are a lot more complicated than just integers or floats. Wasm BindGen does the work of generating mappings between WebAssembly and JavaScript that let you do things like pass a Rust string to JavaScript or deal with JavaScript exceptions in Rust. Without that, you'd need to write a ton of manual glue code, specifically manual glue code in JavaScript that uses integers for pointer arithmetic and for indexes into reference types and which describes the relationship between your JavaScript types and Rust types. That is, to put it mildly, not a lot of fun, and it's very error-prone. Instead, we can use Wasm BindGen. To do so, here are the steps you have to do. 1. Add Wasm BindGen to your crate as a dependency. 2. Install the Wasm BindGen CLI tool. The easiest way to do that is running cargo install Wasm BindGen CLI. 
probably Cargo Plus Nightly install Wasm Bind Gen CLI unless your default toolchain is Nightly. Three, annotate both any extern JavaScript items you want to use and also Rust items you want to use with the Wasm Bind Gen attribute. You'll also need to enable the proc macro for procedural macros, Wasm custom section, and Wasm import module features at the top of your crate for this to work. As I suggested a moment ago, that means a nightly version of the compiler. All of this stuff will eventually stabilize, but right now we're all just figuring it out together. Step four, compile your crate with the Wasm32 unknown, unknown target. Again, using the nightly compiler, and this step is just like what we did before. And this gives us the target slash Wasm32 unknown unknown slash the name of your crate dot Wasm file, but a few things with it. Step five, run Wasm bind gen, which is the name of the CLI tool that got installed on that output. And you can specify a directory for the results of running Wasm bind gen. What you'll get now is a the name of your crate.js file wherever you specified. And happily, that the name of your crate.js has done all of the work of generating all of those bindings for you. Also, you'll have a .ts file with TypeScript type definitions for you, which is super handy if you're using TypeScript, but also depending on your editor, may give you autocomplete and type information about all of those generated functions, even just in JavaScript land. For example, both Visual Studio Code and all of the JetBrains IDEs will give you that kind of autocomplete information. And since the IntelliJ Rust plugin and VS Code RLS plugins are pretty handily the most advanced ways of interacting with Rust today, as well as the best ways of interacting with TypeScript today, you can have an end-to-end compile and interoperate experience there that's really great. That said, it's great that we can compile down to WebAssembly and get that .js file with all the bindings written, but now we need to go from that to consuming it in our JavaScript environment. And in particular, in a way that means that other consumers, say we wanted to bundle this up in a package, we don't want them to have to worry about the fact that this is ultimately rust behind the scenes. We don't want your ordinary JavaScript developer to have to pull down a rust tool chain just to use our package. So, Wasm should just be Wasm from the point of view of the JavaScript consuming ecosystem. Here, we enter the second crate we care about, the Wasm pack tool. I talked through Wasm bind gen first because I think it is important to understand what's going on under the hood. Wasm pack will actually do all of those steps for you, including setting up your tool chain. But as great as that magic is, I don't want anyone to come out of this failing to understand that that magic is something you could write yourself. It's just nice to have a single community tool that does all that magic and that we can contribute to together. When you run Wasm pack in the root of your project, the result will be a compiled directory called pkg for package with that .wasm file and .js file set up just like if you had run wasm bind gen, but also a package.json, which is set up and ready to ship to the NPM registry. And that package.json will automatically pull data from your cargo.toml file, including the description, the license, the authorship, etc., so that you can basically just be ready to go. You can publish straight to NPM as long as you have Node itself and either the NPM or Yarn command line clients installed. At that point, 
any consumer which understands WebAssembly, which means Node 8 and later, and many bundlers, including Webpack and Broccoli and Parcel, can pull in and run your WebAssembly automatically if you're shipping it to something that has WebAssembly support. So all evergreen browsers, and as I mentioned, Node 8 and higher. And that's huge. And we're done. I am not exaggerating when I say that all you have to do is install these tools and ship your binary off. Now, of course, implementing WebAssembly functionality to behave the way you want is a little more involved than that. But the fact of the matter is that once you have a function that you actually are ready to use in a WebAssembly context or a type that you're ready to use in a WebAssembly context, you just set things up with those annotations and procedural macros and so on and run Wasm Pack and ship it to NPM and you're done. We may come back around at some point in the future and talk about the kinds of things you have to do in terms of that memory layout and so on. Those are important details for using WebAssembly effectively. But for today, it's useful enough to know that here's how you get started. You use these crates and you're off to the races. And that means that you can spend your time on those details of using WebAssembly effectively rather than on trying to get your tool chain to do what you want it to. And that's a huge win. So that's where things stand today, ecosystem and tooling wise. As I noted at the outset, this area of the ecosystem is moving very, very quickly. So keep your eye on updates from the Wasm Working Group and watch those repositories. As impressively good and smooth as things already are here, they're almost certainly going to be much, much better by the end of 2018. So go Wasm! Thanks as always to everyone who sponsors the show. This month's $10 or more sponsors included Aaron Turon, Alexander Payne, Anthony Deschamps, Chris Palmer, Benam Esfabode, Dan Abrams, Daniel Collin, David W. Allen, Derek Buckley, Hans Fjallamark, John Rudnick, Matt Rudder, Marshall Clyburn, Nathan Scully, Nick Stevens, Peter Tillemans, Paul Naranja, Olaf Leidinger, Olushe Shonaya, Ramon Buckland, Rafe Levine, Vesa Kailavirta, and Zachary Snyder. If you'd like to sponsor the show, you can set up ongoing support at patreon.com slash newrustation, or you can send a one-off my way at any of a number of other services, which are all listed at newrustation.com. There you'll also find scripts and code samples for most teaching episodes and transcripts for many of the interviews. And of course, there are full show notes for every episode. You can find the notes for this episode at neurostation.com slash show underscore notes slash C-Y-S-K, for crates you should know, slash Wassum. If you're enjoying the show, I really appreciate it when you point others to it. And of course, the best way to do that is just to rant and rave about how great it is in person. But of course, telling people about it on social media or rating and reviewing it in your favorite podcast directory are also very helpful things, and I appreciate those a lot. You can find the show on Twitter at NeuraStation, and you can find me there at Chris Kreitcho. I love to get news ideas in particular there. Do also respond in the threads on the Rust user forums, on Reddit, on Hacker News, or, and this is really always my favorite, you can just send me an email at hello at NeuraStation.com. Until next time, happy coding. Happy coding.